Well, hello out there, planet Earth, and happy Friday. Uh, getting ready for some World Series action here. Unfortunately, my Yankees will not be joining them. Uh, it's just about Halloween, and it's Friday. And it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. ICYMI, or in case you missed it, SMB stands for Small and Medium-Sized Business. For the last 20 years, I've been a consultant for SMBs, a voice and a sounding board for business leaders, advocating wherever I can on their behalf, their employees too. I believe very strongly in sharing stories, providing perspective, and creating connection. So every single Friday, you can find me right here on talkradio.myc doing just that, lending what's left of my mind and my voice to this radio show, where I interview SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. One thing that I've noticed over the years, everybody, some of the best thought leadership for SMBs, it happens on Friday, just about that time we feel the freedom of the weekend descending. However, we're also anxious to start the weekend. I know that I am. These crucial pearls of wisdom, they're often overlooked, they're forgotten, they're eased aside in favor of our fun weekend activities and our freedom from work. Here on the show, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity. We discuss popular topics that are on the minds of business leaders and their trusted advisors and coaches. The name of the show, not just a play on words, people, the name, my last name, means free in German. So... There's a little bit of method behind the madness. Just wanted to let you guys know. So we're just about at Halloween here. The trunk or treats are in full effect. I've probably gained about 10 pounds already with the multitude of candies that are flying around the house. Not so much originality in costumes. My wife and I forgot to plan ahead once again. So, uh, you know, my standard kind of hippie dreadlock type of costume. I'm wearing a, a Taekwondo outfit right now. Make no mistake. I'm not a martial artist. I am not in shape. I had a McRib for dinner last night. So <laughs> don't judge me, people. Uh, today we are going to be talking about finding life after failure. Sounds like some heavy stuff, but we're, we're going to try to make light of this here today because most people out there will agree that some of their best lessons actually get taught when they're down and out, when they fail, when they make a mistake. And yet there's still a lot of people that I run across, especially in the SMB world, that really have trouble admitting that they failed at some point or that they even ever make mistakes, especially if you have the mentality about you to actually take the risk and to be an entrepreneur and to be a business owner. Sometimes it really hurts the pride a little too much to recognize that there's a little bit of, there might have been a misstep here and there. Something might have been done better. And by the way, just because your business grosses 10 million bucks doesn't mean that, you know, there's any sort of failure there. But if it could have been grossing 20 million bucks, you might have missed an opportunity somewhere. So it's always good to kind of look at ways to continuously improve. Anyway. Talk is cheap. We're on talkradio.myc. We don't want this to just be talk. The goal here, everybody, let's use the insight on the SMB landscape and create more impact on Monday morning. It is far too often that I see businesses focused on the product that's going to solve all of their problems, the shiny new mousetrap, the magic wand, whatever you want to call it. One consistent thing I see out there is that products, they change every single day in everything that we do. There's no substitute for surrounding yourself with the right people first, keeping a focus on the process that will help you achieve your goal. You do that, the right products will be there when you need them. Whatever the product is, it doesn't really matter. Everything's going to begin and end with people. So I know I have the right people around me today. We have a great show for you. We're going to be speaking with Jim Swan, founder of James Swan Coaching. 
With over 20 years as a small business owner, entrepreneur, award-winning author, and marketing consultant, Jim brings his experience as a survivor of success and failure to the world of business coaching and consulting. As a certified professional coach, he turns years of business experience, personal values, and a belief in the power of transformative energy into a laser-focused professional objective to support small and medium-sized business owners as they expand into their highest and best selves. Jim has a Bachelor of Arts degree in theology and music from Southwestern University and studied in Arizona State University's architecture design master's degree program and now adds certified coach to his educational accomplishments. He's a past member of the Gay and Lesbian Victory Fund, serving on its executive board of directors. His other commitments have included Pause LA, which assists with the care of pets for people living with disabilities, and KidSmart, an art education foundation for inner-city youth. Currently, he lives and works from his home on the main coast. James-Swan.com is his website. He is absolutely the person to be speaking with about this topic here today, how to point out the best lessons to be learned. As always, we're going to talk about some of my favorite passions. Who's your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? What's your favorite musical instrument? And who's the artist you'd like to hear play it? Joining us from one of my new favorite places in the country, uh, from my visit to Maine last month with my wife, what is referred to as Maine's Mid-Coast, Jim, James Swan Coaching. Very nice to have you here, my man. Thank you. It's a delight to be with you, Stephen. So, you know, again, sensitive topic. Sometimes, you know, especially when you're dealing with SMBs, people's egos, their narcissism, their pride get in the way of growth like this. But tell us a little bit about how you got where you are today. I have a feeling you have some great intimate discussion on the subject. Mm. Oh, there, there are a few stories floating around for sure. Um, I suppose the, the real journey began at the end um, in 2009, a business that I had loved and nurtured and worked hard to build. And it built a pretty substantial. We had a staff of 14. We were doing <clears throat> interior design and architecture projects from our office in Beverly Hills, um, all over the country, working with amazing leaders in business, uh, industry, CEOs, uh, doing amazing projects and having a great time doing it. Um, and then the economy turned. And I thought that I was doing the right thing by reaching out to my banker. All my buddies were doing this, all my friends. Um, I had equity built into my house. I took a loan out against the equity, drew the equity out to keep the business afloat for, for you know, it was going to be a short term. We, we'd weather the storm. And uh, on December, right around December 1st of 2008, when the real estate bubble burst in Los Angeles, and I suddenly found myself upside down on about a million and a half dollars worth of, of loans. Um, and the, the, the months that came after that with the bankruptcies and the loss of the home and the loss of friends. So I guess the real story for me began uh, at about two in the morning um, on the rooftop of the condo building that I lived in uh, with my feet dangling over the edge. And um, I couldn't. All evening, I hadn't been I had been unable to come up with a reason not to take that final step. And I hadn't been able to come up with one. And so there I sat watching the traffic. It's a pretty spectacular view from up there, I got to tell you. Um, 
but my two dogs, I had a pair of Yorkshire Terriers, a father and son pair, and they had followed me up to the roof. I hadn't realized it. And they began yapping. They were, they wanted daddy to come down off of that parapet. And that was the reason. That was the reason that I came up with to to ease away from that edge and to gather the dogs and gather the shreds of my dignity and try to try to go on from there. And, um, and I wish I could say that that was the last moment like that that I had, but I, I can't. Um, I stumbled for the next mm, almost nine years, hits and misses, mm-hmm. trying to get established. I mean, I was doing consulting work. Uh, I had moved to Maine uh, um, from Los Angeles, a huge change. It was the best move of my life. But in the moment, uh, Stephen, it was, it was really just about hiding. I wanted to be as far away from my failure as I could get. And you can't get too much further from Los Angeles than (laughs) the coast of Maine physically. I mean, I guess I could have gone overseas, but there's that language thing you run into often. And I'm not good with languages. So so I ran away to Maine and I licked my wounds and I tried to figure out what the rest of my life was going to be like. And I found little things to keep me occupied and to sort of pay the bills. But Nothing was meaningful. Nothing was was fulfilling. It certainly wasn't a passion project. Mm-hmm. And along the way, I found myself mired in another mess, a mistake that I made that really was the nail in the coffin for me, if, if we're going to use sort of Halloween terms. Um, sure. since, since we are here, since we Please. are here. Um, I I was working, I, you know, I had for years had worked with an office full of people. I had an accountant, a bookkeeper, people to handle all of those things for me. But here I was just out on my own. I had found a client. We took a deposit. I deposited that money into the only bank account that I had at the time. Um, went about my business. They postponed the order rather than installing immediately. They wanted to w- wait until spring when we could get an, inst- uh, an electrician in to do this work. Um, and so I said, great, no problem. We put, put the order on pause. End of March came around. They reached out to me and holy shit, I'd forgotten about the money. About $14,000. It's not an insignificant sum. And I scrambled. I tried, got some of it together to, to make good on this commitment. Um, and ultimately I, I did pay it all back, but in the course of that process, they decided that that wasn't good enough. And they took the story to a local news station. And um, we were featured, actually, uh, oddly enough, and I'm, I'm just realizing this as I'm saying this, it was Halloween weekend uh, in 2017 when this happened. And the story hit the news and what was left of the life that I had tried to carve out uh, vanished overnight. I became persona non grata in my industry. I was a pariah, uh, public enemy number one. I had people railing against me on social media. I was I was the devil incarnate. And I, I got to admit, I was, I mean, in that context, I had made a really bad mistake. Mm-hmm. I had paid it back, which I think is important. Sure. But, but I nonetheless made this mistake. And... So I watched in about 48 hours what was left of my life just evaporate. It was gone. People that I had known for 20 years wouldn't take my calls, wanted nothing to do with me, disavowed me on social media, disavowed me every chance they got. And I found myself sleeping on a friend's sofa 
because there was no money left. There was nothing left. There was no passion to get up the next day and to try to figure it out. It had all gone. And I stumbled. I did that for about three months. I just stumbled around until I finally connected with a friend, one of the few friends that had st has stuck with me even to this day, um, who provided some encouragement and offered uh, offered me a little gift. They offered me a coaching session. I didn't know anything about executive coaching or personal coaching or life coaching or any of this. I'd never heard of it. But it was it, someone who was offering a lifesaver, and I was clearly a man drowning, so I took it. And and the coaching session, Stephen, wasn't a panacea. It didn't fix it all, but it let me realize that there was a light at the end of the tunnel, and that if I if I persevered, that maybe this story wouldn't have the ending that that I had had these two brushes with, and. Uh, you know, that's where I find I feel like a lot of people start to doubt coaching is because they expect it to be a magic wand. That is the panacea. It's the beginning and the end of all things. It's some type of product that is going to fix everything all at once and just straight up does not work that way. But I'm curious to hear the rest of the story because you didn't run away from Maine. You're still there. It's still one of the, the coolest places that I've been and tend to visit there every year from here on out. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the method behind your madness when we come back from this break with Jim Swan, founder of James Swan Coaching. Stay with us. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
Welcome back. It's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. But it's not just me. It's also Jim Swan, founder of James Swan Coaching. Some great thoughts from Jim in the first segment. Sounds a little heavy, but we're going to have some fun with it here today. I promise everybody. Before we get into the method behind Jim's madness, wanted to just sit out by the fire pit for just a moment, as I like to do, or in Jim's case, as I've been telling people lately, I do like to sit on the coast of Maine as well. So just get a, get a few minutes of perspective and zen. But you talk about, you know, with, with a certain part of your process, you talk about the ideas of purpose, passion, and strategy. And you talked a little bit about it in the first segment as well, like where you felt like you lost your passion for a while, was a couple months went by, and it's, there just wasn't really anything getting you out of, out of bed or off the friend's sofa in the morning to really get moving. But, you know, that's where you know that you need to kind of reset and you need to figure things out because for the most part, People know what tugs at their heartstrings, right? The purpose side of things, especially when you're an SMB owner and you're you know, part of a leadership and management team, not everyone is clear on the purpose and mission. A lot of times it just, it just becomes all about the product, about the money, about the offering, whatever it is. And a lot of times not good at communicating the purpose or the mission too. There's, that's why there's so much help these days around marketing and branding and all of that so people could really effectively tell their story. The strategy piece reigns consistent with me is this is where the most help is needed. And this is where the whole idea of coaching, like the world needs better coaching. I have lots of people who believe in that, lots of folks who I've interviewed on the show, but yeah, you know, the world needs better coaching in general. And it's the coaching doesn't mean, you know, I hired somebody to work with me. Now everything's okay in one fell swoop. It's, it's somebody who can, share some stories, help you share your story, help provide some perspective, and also ultimately create some type of connection with, even if it's with yourself, figuring out what your passion is and reinvigorating you. So Jim, this is the method part of the show, the science behind what you do. So you gave us some great background on kind of how you got to the idea of coaching. Someone started doing it for you. Even coaches need coaches. We all know like that's a very common sentiment out there. But talk to us a little bit about the methodology. What exactly are you doing? How are you doing it? And how do you get to go to market for it? Happy to do that, Stephen. And thanks again for the opportunity to chat with you today. Love your music, by the way. That's fun stuff. <laughs> can't, can't help but move. Thank you. Um, the, mad, uh, the method. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I said it earlier, coaching isn't a panacea. It's not a pill that you take that fixes everything. Uh, in fact, if it's done right, and my clients, I think, would attest to this, it can be some of the most challenging work you'll ever do. Just like working with a really good physical coach at the gym. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't come away from a session having broken a sweat, you know, chances are you're probably not working hard enough. Agreed. If those, sure. if those muscles aren't a little sore the next day, chances are you weren't pushing yourself hard enough. <laughs> I had a ski coach years ago who used to say to me, you know, ski hard to the point that you fall. As long as you fall forward down the hill, you're, you're pushing yourself in the right direction. You got to be out over the tips of those skis. And, um, and that's the way it is with coaching. If you're doing it right, it's going to be challenging. It's going to shake your life up. But at the end of the day, you're going to become the better version of yourself. So the, the methodology for me, it was 
all bound up in, in an idea that I came across um, called mental fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, mental fitness, which is kind of defined as your capacity to respond to life's challenges with a positive rather than a negative mindset. And, you know, you, you read those words or you say those words, and it's like, oh, yeah, positive mindset, sure, whatever. But <laughs> Everything's sunshine and roses. Yeah, absolutely. Think, yeah, but when you really think about that, it's your ability. It's your ability to respond to life's challenges. So what challenge are you facing today? You know, the car won't start. You know, your, your coffee's not made right. Wife left you. You know, your <laughs> business failed. You, you swore Sunday night that you were going to stay on that diet all week and Monday morning you had the, that, that donut at the office and you scuttled that whole, <laughs> you scuttled that whole, whole plan and you feel like a failure. And we all do it. And it touches. Yes, the, McRib, the McRib is an addiction. I definitely the, felt like a failure this morning. There you go. For me, it's for me, it's sweets. You know, if it's got sugar in it, I'm probably going to be be drawn to it. Don't get me wrong. I'm an equal opportunity guy for, oh. for bad habits. So. Okay. Well, well, we'll we'll compare notes at another time then on that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but but this idea of of mental fitness and the impact when when we can strengthen our our ment- mental capacities, just like working out at the gym strengthens our physical capacities, it allows us to live longer, to live healthier, to look better. Um, mental fitness has an impact on our lives by allowing us to perform at our peak. It brings to our lives uh, peace of mind and mental wellness, and that allows us then to uh, to have healthy relationships with the people that are around us. Um, you know, the the ideas bound up in in mental fitness are not new. They're based in neuroscience. They're based in uh, cognitive behavioral psychology, performance science. And um, and positive psychology. So none of these things are new. But what what was new to me, and and the thing that I loved, sort of diving deep into when I began to learn about this stuff, was the combination. The way yes. those four things can come together and can create an opportunity for personal growth that small business owners, I think. When they, when they catch a glimpse of what's possible, can be very exciting for them. You know, the research that's gone into this, this type of work uh, started off with hundreds of CEOs uh, and executives uh, from across the country. It, it all actually started in a Stanford study, um, working with students on campus doing research on them. Um, it expanded then out into world-class athletes. Uh, and then over the years, uh, literally, over, I believe it was over a quarter million people in 50 countries have participated in surveys and studies, all feeding into this, this idea of mental fitness. Uh, and what it delivers is a really powerful, um, powerful uh, way of approaching life, way of approaching our businesses. And it's all based on this idea of factor analysis. Um, and factor analysis really real simply is just getting to the root cause. What is the root cause of the challenge, the problem that we're facing? Um, it's the idea of radical simplification, boiling things down to their very essence. And I think that the best example of that, Stephen, is, uh, is if anyone who has ever painted or has ever been involved in any sort of art, um, you, you have thousands of color options when it when you sit in front of that canvas, 
But when you use factor analysis to boil all of those choices down, there's only three. Yep. There's only three, red, blue, and green. And those simple components, uh, with those simple components, you can create anything that you want to create. Anything that you can imagine can find its place on that canvas and in that thing that you're creating. So, so factor, factor analysis, neuroscience, neurolinguistic programming, and cognitive behavior, like all this type of stuff, like I personally like to geek out about because I just like to geek out in general and check it out. But my parents met in 1975 at Mount Snow. So they're old ski folk. Mm. I started skiing from an early age. The fact that you threw in a ski analogy there, that's the kind of, you know, when you distill things down to their most, you know, core essence. It's like if I'm explaining what you just talked about to my parents, I would use the ski analogy that you just did. Yep. But, you know, the idea of relating the whole, you know, mental fitness to physical fitness and personal world to business world and all of that is very, very big to me. And, you know, I know you had some other thoughts that you were about to share. And the last thing I want to do is interrupt that. But, uh, you know, looking at something like these five tips to to really like recover from failure, right? Like what just when you're done working out, right? Like why people drink protein drinks and that's why people rest and that's why people go to saunas and everything. It's it's a process of you know, rebuilding the body and, and rebuilding what was broken down when you were like working real hard and beating on yourself. You know, g give us a little bit of color behind this, because a lot of times, you know, the, the lessons are learned in the recovery and, and a lot of times people might miss them, especially in the SMB world. Absolutely. No, you're, you're absolutely right there. And the, the lessons for me, well, let me, let me start with a question. I'll throw a question to you, Stephen, and then to your listeners. Um, is pain good? No pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Exactly. We're all very familiar with that phrase. Um, and, I, and I would agree with you. You know, you put your hand on a hot stove, the pain is what tells you to pull that hand away. Yeah, absolutely. So then another question. Have you ever had that voice in your head talk to you and tell you what a horrific human being you are? What a absolutely. miserable mistake you've made? Yeah, it happens absolutely. all the time. Everybody I, does. Everybody does. Every single day of the week, I don't care if you're at the top of a Fortune 100 company, a CEO sitting in the boardroom working with your board, all the way down to, I don't know, the, the janitor sweeping the floors in that same building. Everybody in between faces those same thoughts. Nothing wrong with those thoughts. The challenges, just like with the pain that you realize or you experience when you touch a hot stove, you don't want the hand to linger. The pain should propel you into action. Move the hand away from the stove, idiot. <laughs> yes. What you don't want to do is you don't want to leave your hand there because serious damage is going to happen. Now, in my instance, when I when I first had that brush with major life-altering failure, I call it catastrophic failure back in Los Angeles. I didn't really take my hand too far away from the stove because I had to get really burned once again before I finally found my way to complete healing. Um, and, and what that means is I realized these voices that were going on in my head, what I chose to do after, after the, the situation, after the business loss and the, the bankruptcy in Los Angeles, I chose to, for the, for the next seven or eight years, continually listen and give credence to the negative voice in my head. I call it the saboteur's voice. 
And as it turns out, we've got a whole cast of characters in our head that are saboteurs. Um, we'll talk, I can talk more about that later. But to balance that on the other side is the sage. There's that little part of us that from our life experience, from the books that we've read, from the people that we've talked to, from the radio shows that we've listened to, we, we get, get those kernels of wisdom, those elements of hope, those threads of, uh, of possibility that we can hold on to. And, and it balances out the negativity of the voices of the saboteurs. And then there's a third, and I, I like to talk about these three things being the mental muscles that we build when we, when we work on mental fitness. Uh, the, the saboteur interceptor, we need to build our ability to intercept those negative voices that come at us, whether we're sitting at our desk or whether our head's on the pillow at home and it's two in the morning and we're going over all the mistakes that we made that day. And that voice just won't relent. Uh, we need to be able to balance that with the wisdom of the sage, the sage that can come in and, and with empathy, look at ourselves the way we would look at a, a small child, maybe a puppy or a kitten with love and empathy and realize that this, this creature is precious. You know, I've taken to, it's, it's kind of crazy, but I've taken to carrying around in my phone. I, I won't take the time to look it up, but I've, I've got a picture of myself. It was my second grade school picture. And I'm in a little uh, knitted sweater that my grandmother knit me. And I've got sort of strawberry blonde hair and I'm smiling. And I look at that little guy and I'm reminded, I'm reminded that he's worthy of love and that he doesn't have to be, fall victim to these negative voices, that there is that side of me that can be wise and empathetic and can love him the way he deserves. To be I loved. love the way you framed all of that, because it's definitely not the same as having the angel on one shoulder and the devil <laughs> on the other one. It's or comedy and tragedy, if you will. The, the sage and the saboteur is interesting because the saboteur can be smart here and there, but sometimes trying to act smart gets people into trouble sabotaging themselves. And I can't wait to talk with you more about that when we come back from this break. Again, everybody, we're speaking with Jim Swan, founder of James Swan Coaching. Stay with us. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. 
now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We are chatting with Jim Swan, founder of James Swan Coaching. I hope you guys are listening and taking some of this to heart. It's hitting probably every heartstring that I have here. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody fails. Everybody has some madness in their life, which we're going to get into with Jim in just a minute, even though he's given us some good teasers of it thus far. But, you know, it doesn't have to be just the madness that is our Halloween costumes, although there's plenty of that around this time of year. Going back for a second, Jim, you know, method segueing into the madness which i definitely like you know good good combination of wisdom does come from science and art so this being the artistic observational view kind of connecting to the uh the science behind what you do these these five kind of steps that you have towards failure recovery you know, you, you, you really outlined it well here, and I want people to download it by going to james-schwan.com. But, you know, you do a, an if-then type of journal, which I've always wanted a journal. I have a whole bunch of different formats for them. Everybody wants to journal. Nobody ever does it. I'm, I'm right there with everybody, right? Second thing, you say, own your stuff. Take accountability, which we're going to come back to that one in just a second. So circle the wagons. Again, I think of that as putting the right people around you at the right time with the right process to get to the right end game. Number four, serve, serve, serve. I love to do everything from a service mindset. That's really what a, a lot of this is about. You know, with the SMB owners and with their trusted advisors, sometimes this, this kind of mantra slips the mind a little bit and there's a lot of value to it. But then number five is the tough one everyone struggles with is create a structure where you could rinse, lather, repeat, where you could follow some type of direction. And you even have a five-step – you have a, a five-step recovery plan on a daily basis or what have you to actually help people get there. But going back to owning your stuff, this is something that's always really tough, especially with SMB owners, is that you can control all of your actions. You can't really control other people's actions. They, and that's it. Like, it's, it's really kind of that simple. I still like when I, I think about my parents, like, and, you know, t- talking about the ski analogy that you made before, Jim, like they still like, you know, my, my dad's 75. My mom's just about to turn 69. They still worry about stuff like complete neurosis about stuff that is completely out of their control. I have no sort of control over it whatsoever. And yet the stuff that they could control every hour of every day they kind of put by the wayside in favor of worrying about the stuff they can't control. So if, in case that's not enough madness to tee you up for this part of the show, we want to hear some of the stories that you have from the field, some of the struggles that people have wrestling with this, some of the struggles they've had during the pandemic coming out of, you know, what, what was a really unforeseen time for business owners and for people just experiencing failure at an epic level in some ways. Talk to us a little bit about the madness in your world. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we, we could talk all day about this if we wanted to. Um, there, there are many stories. I mean, from my own personal madness to, um, to the madness that, of clients that I've experienced. Uh, the, the common denominator that, I, that I've discovered, though, Stephen, is, is and, and maybe it's not the common denominator, but for me, it's the powerful takeaway, the par- powerful growth opportunity 
when we're faced with those kind of challenges is that we don't have to be victims to those circumstances. We don't have to always see the world as a win or lose. Um, COVID was devastating to, to many people, both physically, obviously, we, we lost million or a million plus people worldwide. Uh, but the, the, the ramifications for business, for personal lives, education, all, all facets of society. Um, but in all of that, I believe, the more that I've worked with this idea of mental fitness, that every challenge presents us with an opportunity to find the gift and to find the opportunity. When faced with a challenge, I, I can respond one of two ways, and it's a right and left brain kind of a thing. We can respond by listening to the voice of the saboteur in our head the, that is going to constantly be judging. There, there are 10 different types of saboteurs that we deal with. Every, every human being on the planet deals with the judge, the judge that judges ourselves. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not thin enough. You're not strong enough. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not. Then the judge that turns on others, the world around me is at fault. That guy's a jerk. That guy's an idiot. That guy cheated me. That guy did me wrong. And then there's the when the judge turns his attention to the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And nothing is ever good enough. Nothing wasn't right. Uh, my dad was a golfer. And all, again, growing up, there was a running joke in our house that to be a good golfer, you always had to have an excuse. And the weather was usually the easiest one. Well, the sun got in my eyes or the, <laughs> the grass got rained on last night or, 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 and you always had the excuse, but you were, you were, you were judging a circumstance around you. Right. So what would happen though, if we flipped that? What if what would happen if we grew our mental fitness to the point that when faced with a challenge, we could automatically we, we could just like our the hand on the hot stove. Ooh, pain. Ouch. Okay, got my attention. The circumstance needs me to make a decision. Instead of putting my hand back on that stove, I'm going to look for the gift and the opportunity in this challenge. And what, what's possible? What could be possible if we started looking at our lives that way? What I've discovered with my clients is that uh, I don't even know how to, how to put this. There's no limits. I'll tell you a story about a, a, a client of mine who was a friend and who approached me and said, Jim, I'd, I'd like you to coach me. I'm really, I'm challenged. And I was the person that I was speaking to was 60, uh, 72 years old when we began chatting, was in semi-retirement. They had uh, done restaurant work and hospitality work for their entire career, but had also been an artist on the side. And they had always had a vision, always had a dream that through all their years never materialized. And that was to create an art program mm -hmm. uh, for kids children. They love working with children and they love the idea of introducing children to the creative process. And this person approached me just as COVID was, as the lockdown was beginning. And we began working over Zoom every week. And they struggled so much with that inner saboteur. You're too old. You're not talented enough. No one will ever take you seriously. The pandemic, nobody, nobody's going to want to let their kids come to your house. That's crazy. You know, on and on and on and on. But we worked to, to build up those mental muscles 
those the saboteur uh, interceptor, I like to call it, the the muscles that allow you to stop listening to the the negative saboteur voice and instead switch and and look at the sage voice, the sage voice that is rich with things like empathy and creativity and action and empowered learning. And suddenly this person began to connect the dots and I'll race ahead to the end of the story. She's just now, oops, I, I gave it, I gave something away. It was a, a she, not a he. Um, they are just now beginning their third year with their, with now three different pools of students teaching in her home. She has two students and now she's doing a, a, with a group of seniors and she's teaching art in her home, in her studio. Um, and she has a proper business. So she's done the LLC. She's got a business license. She, and she is glowing. Every time I see her now, she's positively glowing because she's living the possibility instead of seeing it as a negative. There's yeah. no way. No one will take me seriously. I'm too old. I'm all of these things. She saw a possibility and began to believe in herself and began to take action, empowered, educated, creative action. And she's created something out of nothing that is bringing joy to her and joy to now. I, th I think the, this total student count is up over 20 that are working with her on a weekly basis. And, and it can happen to everyone. But the challenge is... Am I going to view this, this situation that's in front of me, the loss of my marriage, the loss of my business, the challenging staff member who I can't seem to get through to, am I going to view them as an opportunity and a gift or as a challenge that's going to scuttle me? And the choice is ours. I constantly look at these types of discussions as, is it an obstacle or is it an opportunity? And while lots of things that change out there can be looked at by people as an obstacle, yeah, you know, every you know, not to be cheesy about it, with the every cloud's a silver lining, but there's always an opportunity to grow from it, to learn from it, to differentiate from it, to embrace it, all of the above. And you know, the sage voice, I I completely relate to. There's a lot of wisdom that comes from you know being sa a sage in general, right? And it comes from experience. But you know, what a lot of times happens is that people. You know, quoting Einstein, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I see that all the time in in business leadership and SMBs and, and whatnot. But it's you know, especially when they embrace something like coaching and really having an, another kind of impartial perspective. You know, the closer you are to something, the harder it can be to 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 come to reality with some of it. It's it really helps them you know take strides, leaps and bounds. That's great stuff, man. So we're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back with the one, the only Jim Swan, probably not the only, but the, the coolest one out there that I've spoken to. So Jim Swan, founder of James Swan Coaching. Stay with us, everyone. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. 
Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We are back, everyone. It's always Friday, and it's me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with Jim Swan, founder of James Swan Coaching. Some deep, deep thoughts and personal reflections everybody should be gleaming from this whole discussion here today. But the idea of finding life after failure, a big one. Jim's experienced it himself. He's helped other people experience the lessons to be learned from it, which is a big deal. Jim, this is the message part of the show, the whole idea, again, from Weekend Insight to Monday Impact. I have a whole bunch of thoughts. You've definitely expressed a, a bunch here today. But you know, going back for a second, the idea of purpose, passion, strategy, it all revolves around people and process. I mean, that's something that I talk about every single week is, and, and most of the content that you have out there, it's all about people and process. You'll find very little product anything in the discussion, right? You got to figure out, like, talk about circling the wagons. Okay, like when you're down and out and you really feel down and out and you're publicly looked at as down and out, some people aren't going to be there to circle the wagons for you. Some people will be some of the only people that you that you could look to to circle the wagons. Really important to identify who those folks will be. If people experience failure followed by some type of opportunity or product that has the appearance of immediate gratification, a lot of these types of lessons can be lost. And that's something that I've seen kind of repeatedly happen with the small, medium-sized business world. So we want to get some sound bites from you in just a moment, but I, I wanted to throw out there one of the te many testimonials that you have from a client there. And this goes to some, some other things that we were saying, right? And this says... I was burned out and had no idea what to do about it, but I had to do something, so I asked James to be my coach. Our initial conversation put me at ease. Over the coming weeks, we worked on key aspects of my life, such as what I enjoyed, what skills I had, and where I spent my time. These and other thought-provoking questions led me down the path to uncovering what my goals were in life and how to get there. Strategy, if you will. I found James as an excellent coach. He's courteous, professional, maintains confidentiality. He helped put me put the plan into action. A plan to bring joy and meaning back into my life was key in my find in the journey to finding me again. Highly recommend. And the key thing is this came from another business coach. <laughs> so yeah. coaches need coaches. 
Business owners need other business owners, peer group perspective. They need trusted advisors to steer them in the right direction. They might try to figure everything out themselves, which is all well and good. But at the end of the day, my next door neighbor is a plumber. I'm not going to try to become a plumbing expert. I'm going to call him. So some great words from clients, James, like thoughts from you as far as, you know, really how people could take stock of their, you know, mental fitness, their moral inventory, as far as all of this goes for life after failure. What could we leave everyone with over the weekend? I would, I would challenge your listeners, Stephen, to do, to do something that I did as part of my recovery. And then I do it fairly regularly now. I have two coaches that I work with on an ongoing basis. Um, I, I, I find it a little suspect when coaches don't have a coach. I mean, you're asking people to invest in, a, in something that's going to benefit them. And you're telling me now that you don't need that. Okay. But anyway, um, another, another conversation for another day. But um, a valid one for sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, look around you. And look at the most successful people that you know of. And for me, I mean, you can jump on it on the internet right now and look at the most successful business people, the most successful sports people, uh, pick any industry, actors, musicians, and every single one who's at the top of their game has some form of a coach attached to their life, to their daily schedule and their daily process of success. Uh, every single one of them. I, I dare you to find me an Olympic an Olympic athlete who doesn't have a coach that they work with on a daily basis. <laughs> I dare you to find me a musician, vocalist, instrumentalist who doesn't have someone who daily, weekly sits down with them and helps them better their 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 technique and master difficult passages. Uh, same with business. Same with actors. Anyone who is good at what they do, they have a coach. So. For small business owners, does it sound like a ridiculous luxury, like something that will, is aspirational? Well, maybe, but I would I would challenge people to think in terms of what tools can get me to the success that I dream of fastest and with the least resistance. And I would argue that a, a good business coach can do that for you. Now, I want to circle back to something that I was touching on a little earlier, and that is this ability to build mental fitness. This is not an abstract thought. Well, if you just sit in a corner and cross your legs and hum a few bars or something and think about getting mentally stronger, <laughs> that it's going to happen. No, and, and I'm I'm making light of meditation a little bit there. I meditate every day. It's a deeply meaningful part of my life. But the beautiful thing about, about positive intelligence and mental fitness is that there are actual exercises that you can do daily that will strengthen these areas of your brain that you need to overcome the saboteur, to unleash the power of the sage, and to create new and fresh things in your life and in your career and in your relationships that you never even knew were possible. I mean, that's where I sit in my life today, Steve. Stephen. I'm sitting in the office of a home that is coming up on 200 years old. It's on a hill overlooking the river here in Maine with the ocean just a few miles down the road. Um, I've got about two acres here. I'm 
planning a garden that I'm going to plant this spring. I've got barn cats in the barn out here. I have two <laughs> little kittens because we had a little problem with mice and everybody in the neighborhood said the best way to deal with it is barn kittens. So no longer about, a problem. It's, you know, th- they were here two days and I, I had a little <laughs> gift. And like, Can't yes. argue with results. Can't argue with the results. Exactly. Um, I, I'm sitting here living a life that, puts a smile on my face. You know, I smile every morning when I get up. I get to log on. I get to work with clients around the country and and increasingly around the world. Business owners who are looking for an advantage, who are looking for a, a method, a proven technology that they can use to unleash powers of creativity, powers of self-control, powers of uh, intuition, that they've never dreamed of. Uh, and it's all possible through some very specific uh, tools and exercises that you can do every day that literally strengthen the brain and the way it interacts with the world. So, And when you feel like a failure and you feel like you're down and out, sometimes that's the hardest time to smile. And yet there's still something to be said without getting too cheesy about it. Like no matter what, you could always give a smile. You could always put on a smile. Like it's people have a hard time messing with a smile and, you know, it tends to bring up the feeling of yourself and everyone around you. Well, the the, the, the idea that the brain uh, is made up of mirror neurons and when it's presented with something, it will mirror that behavior. So if, if I walk into a room and I'm physically in a dark mood, I can promise you that people in that room will begin to pick up on that and will begin to mirror oh, yeah. back to me. We all, oh, yeah. We've all seen it happen. Oh, yeah. The converse is also true. If I can find within me by listening to my sage powers rather than my saboteurs, reasons to smile, all the beautiful benefits, the joys, the the blessings that I have in my life. I mean, it doesn't take much to look around the world and realize how how fortunate we are. We have food, we have a roof over our head. There's lots of reasons to smile. And so to to approach a meeting, to approach approach an interaction with a client or a customer, with a smile on our face, with with energy and purpose and focus, it's life-changing, it's career-changing, it's business-changing, um, and it sets us up for failure. Can you succeed by by living off of and diving deep into saboteur energy? Absolutely. There are plenty of CEOs around the world that have built their career on stepping on people and yelling and screaming and, and fighting their way to the top. They don't sleep at night. They're always looking over their shoulder. They don't feel good. They're always Miser- craving more all the time. Miserable people. Miserable, Miserable people. people. And if that's what you want in your life, Great. Knock, your, knock yourself out. <laughs> but there, there is another way. And those same heights of achievement can be achieved. And you can have rich, meaningful relationships. You can love yourself when you look in the mirror. You can love the people that are around you. And you can be a, a, a beautiful addition to this world rather than a negative energy suck. If you're ready to move into your full potential, james-swan.com. You can Google James Swan Coaching. You'll find him. The idea of motivation, connection, and then actual movement is where you'll find the three steps kicking into action to really start looking at yourself introspectively. But also there's there's a way to fill out uh, a, a form on james-swan.com, complimentary coaching conversations. There's also a sage and saboteur assessment, if I'm not mistaken. I heard about that as well. 
absolutely, Stephen, and I forgot to mention that. Um, yeah, free assessment it takes about five minutes to fill them out. Find out what your sage powers are. Find out what your um, saboteur challenges are. Yeah. And uh, just shoot me an email and I'll get that out to anybody yeah. that is interested. Shoot an email to Jim at James-Swan.com. Just put freebie in the in the subject line or Friday, always Friday. Any one of them will will indicate. But thank you so much for joining me here to, today, Jim. Really, really appreciate it. Before I let you go, I am going to share the answers you gave me to my favorite passion questions around movies, TV, and music. Your favorite movie character is Ellen Ripley from the Alien franchise. And the way you put it was determination in the face of insurmountable odds. You know, if, if everyone out there remembers the Alien franchise, it's you know, the crew of a commercial spacecraft. They, they encounter this ridiculously deadly life form after just investigating what looked like an un, like a weird transmission. They're trying to figure it out. But like the two moments I think about from, from these movies, I think about from the pandemics, like, listen, if we break qu quarantine, we're all going to die. <laughs> Like, it's, all right, well, that's kind of how everybody felt during that time. And especially when people are hearing me ramble on for a while is that did IQs just, just drop sharply while I was away? So, but, uh, you also mentioned Robert Downey Jr., who I always, I, I think about a lot, especially these days. He's in a whole bunch of blockbusters nowadays, and that wasn't always the norm for him. But you talk about just kind of the, the roller coaster, you know, spectacular recovery from personal and professional failure, like failing himself. And I think it's funny when you look him up. It's like you'll see like all of his accomplishments and all that. It'll go like like four date ranges. It says early work and critical acclaim, career setbacks, which is a nice kind of loose way of putting it, I guess. Uh, resurgence, you know, the look back at life again. And then you see him like kind of 2008 to present, like where every, the financial crisis right about then. Some people were going straight down the tubes and he was in the Iron Man world and further success. So. A lot of fun analogy there to really recovering from the world of failure and making the best of it. But going back to your favorite movie, you can't seem to get away from the Alien franchise. So, you know, again, even the, even the sequels is like years and years after surviving the attacks, like Ripley wakes up from a hyper sleep and she tries to warn people about what's going on around them. And it's like some of this stuff reminded me of just business owners, SMB leaders, not necessarily learning from the lessons that they've had along the way from previous failures and things that might not have capitalized on the opportunity the best way possible. But, hey, sometimes people just need to learn the hard way and be miserable about it. But there's always a way to do it with a little bit more ease, a little bit more of a smile. So always about that. And then last but not least, your favorite instruments. You gave me ones that I haven't gotten before, I don't believe. The French horn and the oboe. And you talked about your favorite artist in the classical world as Strauss. And I wasn't sure if you meant Richard or Franz, but it doesn't matter. They both were doing kind of the same thing anyway. But, you know, kind of hauntingly romantic, exotic sounds, notoriously difficult to play. You know, and it's something that you never grow tired of hearing. So love, love that you shared all that with us. Appreciate it. Uh, Strauss also did one of my favorite, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey scores. So also Sprague Zarathustra. So that's cool. But, uh, thank you once again for being here with me. Really, really appreciate it, Jim. All right. Uh, coming up next week will be episode. 100, if my calculations are correct, of Always Friday. So, guys, tune in for some fun with that. Until then, thank you for joining us. We hope you got some weekend insight to make a Monday impact. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on talkradio.myc. Bye-bye, everyone.
uplift, educate, empower. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 